This is Tailgate Till May, your place for year-round college sports talk. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm excited to be back for another episode. Today, I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Ben Crowley and Brian Kaufman. The gang's all here, and the gang better be all here, because we got some heavy stuff to get into today. The college football world, really the college sports world, has been turned upside down over the course of the past 72 hours or so. Guys, Brian, Ben, how you doing today? Doing well, man. Yeah, it's been a lot to digest. Feels like constant stream of information, constant unexpected twists and turns. Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten. Oh, that dissolved overnight. Oh, never mind. They're going. It's official. Uh, all sort of in in free form. So it's been quite a roller coaster. And I think since the last time that we were on here college sports has been permanently changed. There's no, there's no way around it. So I am feeling things and excited to talk about them with you, Ben. How are you? Yeah. Um, sad because as many flaws as the PAC 12 had, it was still pretty fun little place to watch some football, watch some other sports. Um, I don't know. Bill Walton's probably not happy about this. Haven't heard his opinion yet. But yeah, I'm just sad overall, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully something will change my mind here in the next few years. But just stupid—it's the main word that comes to mind. So, if tailgate till May is the one and only place you get your college sports news, first, I, I'm sorry, and second, let me lay out what happened for you over the past couple of days here. The Pac-12 has essentially been gutted. Oregon and Washington are headed to the Big Ten. Colorado was already headed to the Big 12, but now Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah will join them in the Big 12. This will all take place starting next football season, the 2024 football season. And that leaves what I'm calling the forgotten four in the Pac-12, which is Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal. There are four schools remaining in a conference that has essentially been around for over a hundred years. And this all took place in essentially one day. I mean, the, the final moves were made in one day this past Friday, but a lot of these things have been building and percolating for a while, but Friday was quite the roller coaster. And I do want to start there, Brian, as you were following this story, I'm sure you were like me glued to your phone following every twist and turn. Like you said, at first it seemed there was some momentum where it said, looks like the PAC 12 teams might get together and sign a grant to rights deal. The conference might be saved early Saturday or early Friday morning. And then was not to be Oregon and Washington go to the big 10 first. Then those other three schools follow. Well, don't follow, but they follow them in leaving the PAC 12 to the big 12. So what were you feeling, Brian, as you were following all this? Yeah, it was a lot. I feel like as soon as those first two came out to Big Ten, like you say, you 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 mentioned the order of operations sort of there. And once those first two went to the Big Ten, it was like I, you know, it. You never are like, wait, is this really happening? Like, I think this is. I think this conference that I've known since I was born is gonna be gone, right? And um, it it was just it it it's really. It's fascinating, you know. I we we we've heard about realignments of the past. I've you know I've I've studied up on realignments of before my time or you know the mid to late nineties, and like there are conferences that people really really cared about that are no longer around. And 
you just know what you know until it changes for good. And I, that's what we're going through right now. So yeah, just, just a lot, a lot of change that I don't think I was ready for necessarily wanted necessarily think is best for anyone involved. I think, you know, and, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but there was a thread. I saw an article of PAC 12 softball players reacting to the news and like, they are obviously the forgotten people, the the non-rev sports and all of this, where uh, an Oregon softball player is now playing a weekend series at Rutgers and they're not flying, you know, in a primo condition to make that happen. So it's, you know, they're, they're sort of real people who are impacted by all of this, right? And, you know, you see some of the posts that are like, I chose to play in the Pac-12 so my family could watch me play every single weekend. And now the Pac-12 means going to New Jersey from Oregon. It's never um, a good thing. So, yeah, it's, it's never a good thing to have to go to New Jersey. So, No, no, never, never in any way. So just a, a lot of change that, like you said, happened really suddenly. And I think that was part of it. Uh, part of part of me was like, should I have known this was coming? Right. Like like moves have been being made for years uh, UCLA and USC agreed to leave the Pac-12 last year. Should I have known then that this day was coming? I, I didn't. People speculated about it. I didn't. I don't know, Steve. Did you? Well, we did an episode on Wednesday where we did an ACC preview, but we started that episode by talking about Florida State's grandstanding at a board of trustees meeting, and I said nothing is going to happen with Florida State over the next 12 to 13 days. They are not going anywhere because if they wanted to go somewhere, if they had an option to go somewhere, not if they want to, if they had the option, they would already be there. And that's pretty much what we saw with Oregon and Washington. They had an opportunity to go somewhere, albeit at a pretty steep discount, and we'll get into that in a second here, but they had that opportunity to go somewhere, and they did. So for me to say that I necessarily saw this coming I don't know that I saw it coming this week necessarily especially Oregon and Washington because I sat there on Wednesday and I said nothing's happening with Florida State I did not say nothing's happening with uh everybody else just to correct Ben on a pre pre pre-show conversation we had where he tried to dunk on me a little bit for saying nothing was gonna happen I said nothing's gonna happen with Florida State but no I'd be lying to you if I said I saw that on Friday, Oregon and Washington, three days after that, after we recorded that show, that Oregon and Washington would officially be announced as the next members of the Big Ten. No, I didn't see that coming. I thought that I truly believed that the Pac-12 would stick together in some way, shape, or form, even once Colorado left. Because let's be honest, what really was Colorado to that league? I mean, not a whole lot, certainly not what USC and UCLA were. And I've heard the point this week that I thought is really interesting. It's everybody's willing to pay these schools that were former Pac-12 members to go somewhere else, right? But they couldn't get a deal. They couldn't get the deal they wanted all together. It just doesn't make any sense, right? So in, in my heart of hearts, I believe that there were enough schools in that conference that were like-minded that wanted to stick together for a million reasons, for history, for the non-revenue sports, for the fact that 
there's, you know, travel purposes, for the fact that there are individually strong brands in that league between Oregon, Washington, Arizona State even to some extent is a strong brand. And, and Stanford, talk about a brand. If you ask a random person on the street to name 10 colleges in this country, I think Stanford, there's a good chance Stanford's going to be on that list, right? One of the most prestigious universities in this country, a school that's had success in football, basketball, but also a million other sports. They're a school that's always at the top of, you know, the, I I think it's called, is it the Director's Cup that kind of measures the success in all sports, whatever, whatever that trophy is, Stanford frequently, frequently wins it. So I I thought that for all those reasons, the Pac-12 would find a way to stick together. And at the end of the day, the TV deal that Commissioner George Klyavkov presented to them was not something appealing enough enough to get them to agree to stay. And Oregon and Washington had a better option, and they took it. Those other three schools, the four-corner schools, saw what they thought was a better option, and they took it. So I know I don't think I saw this coming, and I think my reaction and my emotions out of all this is some combination of sad, angry, and resigned to the fact that this kind of thing is going to continue happening over and over and over again for the foreseeable future, Ben. Yeah, I was kind of... One, when I first saw I was like, all right, that's not going to happen right away. Nothing like that really does. Um, and then when I saw Apple's in, I was like, all right, you know, Apple's got a lot of money. I feel like a lot of these streaming services have been trying to get in onto, you know, NFL on Thursdays on Amazon, stuff like that. But then that Oregon and Washington apparently didn't even show up to the call, which is kind of astounding and how they're just were already set on it. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know what? It, and it, that they couldn't even throw enough money. Like you said, how can people like these are covered assets and how together can you not get that big of a deal? I don't know if it's the West coast factor and not enough people would watch it at that time, but I mean, that clearly hasn't affected like the Dodgers and the TV deal that they get. Obviously it's very different, you know, sport and everything like that, but yeah, it's just, it's, I like your forgotten four because it really does feel like that. And there's no more Apple Cup, and is it Civil War? Is the Oregon Oregon State like there's just rivalries that aren't ever gonna happen again? Because, I mean, Grant, you can't always say that because we're getting what Texas Arkansas back, we're getting Texas Texas A&M back, um, but it's just hard to see in this instance with these schools probably being, for lack of a better term, demoted to the Mountain West versus bringing other stuff in them ever having kind of a run in back, but. I don't know. Overall, just I think it also sucks for the fans. Obviously, it sucks for the fans, but like even on like a road trip, like think about when we were at Maryland, we went to go see Virginia because we could do that in one day. Now, you know, if you're a Washington, Washington State fan, you're or Washington fan, you can't just go to Washington State. You have to go to Illinois. You have to go to Indiana. You're going to fly for that game? Probably not. And I mean, maybe for one of the bigger games, but it just sucks. Like, being to go to those road games, see those cool environments, you're going to have to hop on a plane as opposed to just driving somewhere. So that always sucks. I think that's, that's what like grinds my gears about all of this is like there, what makes college sports fun. Why we do a podcast for 90% of the year talking about college sports is exactly what you're talking about, Ben, that like 
that I think we're losing and that I think wasn't considered in any of this. Right. And so it's funny because like you can look at the new conferences that are going to be playing next year, which is crazy. Right. I mean, even this is like a different bout of realignment in the sense of, I feel like we usually have to wait a couple of years and we're, we're going to have to wait one year, which by the way, this, you know, this, this season's kicking off in a couple of weeks and it just kind of feels like a weird moot point. It's the last year of the four team. It's the last year of all these teams play. Like, it's like, well, this isn't real. Cause like everything's changing next year, which I hate is, but it's sort of the, the, the vibe that we're getting, but yeah, it doesn't feel like any of like what is sacred and what makes college sports fun was considered in any way here. And I, you know, you, it sounds naive. I'm not saying I don't know why the moves happened. You got to chase the bag. That's what happened. All these people wanted to make as much money as possible, wanted to survive. And in that sense, it makes sense, but you lose a lot of why people care to begin with. And it, is really sad when you realize that like the people who made these calls probably would acknowledge that and still don't give a shit. And that's, that's pretty sad. There are probably under a hundred people in this entire country who want, who are happy that these moves happened and they're power five presidents, power five athletic directors and TV executives. It's probably a hundred people or less in this entire country who are, like excited or happy. I think there's Oregon fans and Washington fans who are maybe happy that they survived, that they found a life raft, that their school is on a seemingly more viable, more stable path. But I think if you asked any, an Oregon fan or a Washington fan, if they could have it any which way, if money was no object, where would they play their games? Who would they play against? They would probably say they'd want to stay in the pac 12. I don't, I certainly don't think any big 10 fans are ecstatic about this. I don't think anybody who's a core part of the big 10 people who grew up, Iowa fans, Illinois fans, Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state fans are clamoring for these West Coast teams to come in the league. They weren't clamoring for Maryland or Rutgers to come in the league. Maryland and Rutgers still seem like foreign entities to a lot of the fan bases in the Big Ten. I don't know anybody who was clamoring for this or is it truly excited for this outside of of TV executives, presidents of some of these universities and athletic administrators and it's a, I think that's kind of a sad state of affairs when the constituencies, including the athletes, Brian, you already mentioned it. Some of the softball players in the Pac-12 going on social media and talking about, you know, why they are against this move. When your constituents, including your athletes, your fans, uh, the people who truly care most about this are the ones who have the least say it's a that's that's what makes me sad and to your point Ben about the regionality I think regionality is such an underrated underappreciated aspect of what did make college sports special because Brian I don't think you were there on this episode I think it, yo that's right it was when we did the Pac-12 preview, wasn't it, Ben, when we were talking a little bit about where does the Pac-12 go and what do they do and adding San Diego State and Fresno State and that kind of thing. And we had the conversation about how important regionality is and how important it is that you have fan bases living amongst each other and near each other and you have that interaction. And that's part of what makes it special. And I think it's underappreciated. 
and it's quite frankly just been ignored. Guys, I want to get into a little bit of kind of the how this happened. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I have gotten to the point now where I kind of feel like this was inevitably going to happen ever since the day that USC and UCLA decided they were going to leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten. I think we have been headed down this inevitable path. But Ben, do you think there was a way to avoid this? Um, It's like we also kind of mentioned in our last show, I thought a lot of this would have been avoided with the new playoff and the fact that all these power conferences get the automatic bid. So you're not trying to vie as much to be in quote unquote, the best conference, give yourself the best chance. Now, obviously that's going to have to be completely redone again. If the pack 12 pack four goes completely under, um, I just, it shocks me that it still went this way because of what's been changed in the playoff. And you would think they would want to keep that, history and everything obviously they don't they care more about money and honestly survivability i feel like is the big thing i think that's really what i mean because we'll get into it the numbers but like oregon washington went at a pretty big discount relative to everyone else and i think it's just like hey this is our opportunity we have to go because if we get stuck like a washington state and oregon state they're looking at going to the Mountain West, which would be going from like $30 million a year to $5 million a year. That's a pretty big... $5 million. $5 million. That's the average Mountain West deal right now. So think about that is a huge cut and how much that just takes away from your entire athletic department. Like that just eviscerates it. It's really bad. So no wonder the non-revenue sports like softball i'm sure gymnastics like they're probably scared at a lot of things like is this going to be around in the next few years because if we have to go you know one of like washington state oregon state to a lower conference is it going to be viable to have some of those programs like it's just wild like i just i know we don't make the decisions but for those schools have been around for so long to not figure out some sort of deal for the markets that they had I agree with you. I think, you know, once USC and UCLA were gone, that's kind of the writing on the wall, but it's still, still sad that they couldn't add a San Diego state, a Fresno state, something to kind of bolster it before everyone just kind of said, see ya. It's interesting. Like, yeah, it's, it, that, I think that's fair with the, obviously with the benefit of hindsight, like once they left, but it, people were talking about that, like, with the big 12 about that when texas and oklahoma announced that they were leaving they're like oh this is going to get picked for parts and the big 12 isn't going to be what it was anymore and and that's obviously not the case like the big 12 honestly deserves a lot of credit for doing what they have done to survive and become a clear third conference um you know adding really good school i mean we talked about it in our big 12 preview that like it doesn't feel any less fun. I feel like we always talk about the Big 12 being fun. Honestly, in both sports that we talk about most on this podcast, football and men's basketball, like just fun games, fun opponents, fun matchups, and and that isn't going to change. And obviously, um, with the new additions from the from the Pac-12, that's the case. Yeah, I it I think it's it's fascinating. I mean, Ben, like it it's just annoying too. Like we talked about clamoring for a bigger playoff and we got it and they couldn't even let us have it 
one time without needing to revamp it. Like it's not going to go off next year with how it's currently planned. Like it can't, can't. there can't be one of those four schools. I think. Well, hold on. The, the I, I, can, I, way, can I say something here real quick? Because I've, I've heard this misrepresented a lot. The structure of the 12 team playoff. It is not that the power five schools get automatic bids and that there's one bid for the group of five. The top six ranked conference champions get an automatic berth to the playoff. So that's just something I want to make very clear because I've heard this misrepresented a lot where people make it seem like the Pac-12 gets a berth no matter how many or how few or how many teams are in that league. That's not the way it's going to work. So if it actually stayed this way, what you could be looking at is actually a bid to a Sunbelt team and an American team. Two, two or, G5s. Yeah, yeah, two G5s potentially. I also believe that there are some NCAA rules that require a minimum number of teams to even be a conference. So I don't think as currently constituted, the Pac-12 could even operate as a conference with four teams. I believe that number is eight, but I, I'd have to confirm that. I, I got to look that up. So that's why I was thinking, like, I don't think that the powers that be in the college football playoff want two G5 teams in the playoff. Like, that's the whole. So, like, you could quickly say, like, okay, instead of six highest ranked champions, six at larges, you could go to five and seven, and suddenly the four remaining power fives, in theory, get it. A G5 gets it over that Pac-12 bid. And then you're filling it in with bigger brand names who didn't win their conference. I think that's probably more likely than it going off as currently constructed. I mean, I don't know what they would need to do to make that update, but like they don't want it to now go that way. So I already saw reporting maybe a day or two ago from Ross Dellinger saying two conference commissioners have already approached Bill Hancock about the possibility of modifying the playoff structure. Hmm. I wonder which two commissioners those could possibly be, which two commissioners would have an incentive to want more at large bids. Hmm. Guys, who could that be? Big East. Probably the ones adding all of the teams that are going to make the playoff. I would think. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. I, it's unfortunate that we couldn't, you know, couldn't even have a season of it as it, as it lies. But by the way, it's, seven teams need to be in a conference. So you only need three more. You only need three more forgotten four. And I think it, in, in for that rule as well, like you cannot get a uh, automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, right? Unless you have seven teams in your conference. I believe that that's, that's a part of that rule and why that, that rule is there or really how that rule is in effect, right? I mean, I think you could have two teams in a conference, but you can't, get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament in basketball, which at that point is like, why do you have a conference? So, Brian, I I really have been thinking that this is this all has to be traced back to USC and UCLA, leaving, leaving the conference a year ago. And I think that set this conference on a path that it was inevitable that it was going to fall apart at some point in time. And I know I said at the start of this show, I thought they were going to find a way to stick together at least temporarily. But I thought that in part because I really strongly got the impression that the big 10 presidents didn't have an appetite for further expansion at this point, especially westward expansion. I was under the impression that was maybe part of the reason that Kevin Warren's contract 
was not renewed and he ended up as the president of the Chicago Bears because he had an appetite for further expansion while his constituents did not. And lo and behold, that turned out not to be the case once Oregon and Washington were sitting there in the discount rack at, you know, in the aisle in Walmart there. So uh, that that's a big part of it why I thought they were going to hold on in the short term. But in the long term, the more I think about it, the more we were always heading towards this place. And I'll tell you why. It's because this sport is absolutely run by by TV right now. Whatever the TV networks want to have happen is what the conferences are going out and doing. And look no further than the fact that ESPN's in essentially a 50-50 partnership with the SEC on the SEC network. Same thing with the Big Ten and Fox. These networks, they're partners with the conferences, and they are dictating what they want. They want more big-time matchups. That's what sells, right? Oregon versus Michigan sells better than Oregon versus Washington State. Ohio State versus Washington sells better than Washington versus Cal. That's just the, the facts of the matter. And we should have expected this because college football is big business. And in big business, in 2023... The name of the game is you got to grow, grow, grow every quarter, every year, or else you're seen as a failure. And I don't know why we would have why we would have expected anything different out of college football because it is truly big business. You guys know I left a steady nine year career in corporate America, right? Within the last couple of years. And the thing that I never got over my time there and that I kind of grew very disillusioned with is I was always on either one of two sides, either the how do I cut how do I cut cost to make this company more money or how do I grow sales and make the company more money? And the thing that I grew very disillusioned with is you could make a hundred billion dollars in revenue per year, right? And that was seen as a failure because it wasn't growth over the previous quarter. A hundred billion dollars a year is a failure in this economy because it's not growth over the previous quarter. And that's what these TV networks are dealing with right now, right? They have to grow. They're responsible to their shareholders. They need to grow quarter over quarter. And this is all big business. How do you grow? You get more big time matchups. How do you get more big time matchups? You work with your partners to put those big time matchups together. How do you get more big time matchups? Expand the playoff to 12. Have more teams, have have more playoff games, right? Because everybody wants to see playoff games. I think the fact that this is big business, that the TV networks have so much influence, it just meant that this was all going to be inevitable, whether it was on Friday, whether it was five years from now, whether it was 10 years from now. And guess what, guys? That's not changing anytime soon. And I don't think we're done expanding anytime soon, or should I say consolidating anytime soon? Because again, if you look at the broader economy that we live in, the broader society that we live in, you see a lot of mom and pop stores out there anymore? Or do you see a Walmart on basically every corner? Do you see a Target everywhere? Right. 
There's not a lot of mom and pop stores out there anymore. It's consolidation, consolidation, consolidation. And college football is no different. I think we are going to consolidate ourselves to death until we eventually end up with a 32 to 40 team NFL light Super League. And I truly do not see any way around it at this point, Ben. Yeah, um, it really stinks. And I'd actually like to go back further and say it's not USC and Oklahoma's or USC and uh, USCLA's fault, but it's Oklahoma and Texas's fault. I don't know if you guys remember back in 2011, they almost joined the Pac-12 right after uh, was it Pittsburgh and Syracuse during the ACC. And they were very, very close. And it's just wild to think that the Big 12 almost died then and the Pac-12 was a place to be. Um, and it's also weird. And looking back up some of those numbers, I came across a Mac Brown quote and like right after this is all happening and he's like, yeah, it's great to make money. It's great to consolidate great for more teams, but think about the players and their parents and having to travel all that. And it's good to know that at least the coaches I'm assuming too, also probably don't love this, even though they're a big part of all these teams. Um, another constituency that doesn't have any yeah. say. Yeah, Mac Brown was literally on a podium in an interview asking about saying that it's not a good thing to kind of consolidate across the entire country. But of course, no one listens to anyone but the people who are at the very top who just make a lot of money and then do whatever. And I don't even know, probably just leave to go do another more making money thing when they mess up at that one school that they're currently at. Just since they have the pedigree that they've led a school before, they just go to another one. Um, But yeah, it's just... I'm sad, guys. Sad. Is there is there any like? All right, I'm not trying to turn this into a positive. We we've all been clear on our feelings about this, but like, just to spin this conversation another way, what Stephen was like, yeah, Oregon, Michigan sells. I'm like, I freaking watch that. I would watch that. I'm excited, like to watch that. Right now, I'm not saying like I want the whole sport to change in order for me to see it. But like, I don't want to be that guy, but like there are indeed going to be games that I'm excited to watch as a result of this. Right. Does that make me a bad guy here? No, no doubt, Brian. And you're hundred percent right. Like the big 12, that's a a really fun league. That's going to be a league with some really good football programs competitive football teams that are all invested in the sport and want to win and have passionate fan bases. And that's cool. I I agree. I think where I come down on this is I, no matter what, I would be sad about the PAC 12 being gutted. But what I see is just such an obvious path forward where this is not the end. If you told me today, man, that this is the end of it, we're, we're set. We're going to have an 18-team Big Ten, uh, 16-team SEC. Is it an eight? I can't even keep Is it an 18-team Big 12? What are we at I think it's now? Still 16. Six, no, 16. It's 16-team. Yeah, 12. They're going to be at 12 after OU and Texas leave, plus four more. Yeah, all right, 16-team Big 12. If you told me like we could stick at this, the ACC was going to stick it together, Notre Dame could con- continue to be independent, Maybe the Forgotten Ford merges with the Mountain West, whatever. I'm, I'd be like, okay, I don't love it, but you're right. There are some silver linings here. There's some things we can look forward to. I just don't see it's what I said a second ago. I don't see any way that we're not marching towards this Super League. And if you keep marching towards the Super League, 
eventually you're going to strip away a lot of the things we love about college football even more so than we're already doing right now. And I don't want to be alarmist about it, but I truly think we're on this inevitable path. And I think it was one of the very first episodes of Tailgate to Make I ever did. First or second episode, maybe. I wanted to go back and look today. I didn't have time. But it was shortly after the OU and Texas moved to the SEC, and I talked about the path we are on towards the Super League and why I found it so disturbing and upsetting. because. Teams like Maryland, teams like Missouri, they're not going to be part of the Super League. And you might say, why does that matter? That doesn't matter who cares about those teams. People tune in to watch Alabama play Tennessee, to watch Florida play Ohio State. But you know what? When you start stripping all that other stuff away, why as a Maryland fan? A Maryland fan. I know we're not the biggest fan base, right? But there are still thousands of people who consider Maryland their favorite team, just like there's thousands of people who consider Washington State their favorite team. You think Washington State fans are all of a sudden going to turn into Washington Husky fans if Washington's in the 32-team Super League and they're going to tune into that every week and they're going to root for Washington? Hell no. Hell no. Maryland fans aren't going to be Penn State fans. If Michigan State gets left out of a Super League, they ain't going to be Michigan fans. And you're giving those people no incentive to watch, right? The Yankees are the biggest brand in all of baseball. Everybody hates the Yankees. But they hate the Yankees because the Yankees have stepped all over the Orioles and the Rays for years, right? Orioles fans and Rays fans aren't the biggest fan bases, but they're in the game and they're in the league and they hate the Yankees. I think people are going to sooner tune out if their team's not in that Super League than watch it. And I think when you strip it down to 32 teams, 40 teams, all you have left at that point is a worse version of the NFL. You have worse players and you have some on-campus pageantry, which is nice. But I, I heard somebody say earlier this week, college sports is all about scar tissue. If you're a Maryland fan, you remember that time you went to NC State in basketball and you had a huge comeback. You also remember the time that you blew a 10-point lead to Duke in the last minute, right? It's all about that scar tissue and that connectivity, and that's all gone. And when you strip all these other teams away, you're just disenfranchising tons and tons of college football fans who I think would sooner go ahead and watch the lower level of the sport that their team is on, and you lose what makes college football special. So is there a silver lining uh yeah, those Oregon Michigan is going to be cool. I loved when we saw Oregon play Ohio State a couple years ago. They had that home and home. It was awesome. And if we were going to stick at this point, I would be down with that. I'd be sad but okay. But I just don't see any way that we're actually going to stick at this point. And maybe it's a little fatalistic of me, but that's what I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around right now, Brian. Yeah, so I mean, is it uh, it's funny because we are going to reach a point where there's the inventory to steal from and ruin is getting smaller, right? So, like, are we talking about these big conferences finding a way to break up the ACC sooner than we think, sooner than 2036? Like, it, it's interesting because I feel like that's been the one through all of this realignment talk. It's uh, the ACC is such a funny afterthought because it's like, yep, we're stuck, ironclad 
grants rights, right? Uh, 2036 can't do anything. And obviously we talked about Florida state last time, but like who's, who's left, you know, it's so funny. Like there's not like, there are teams in the ACC that would make the super league. I know that, but like, at some point, you're right. It's you know they're gonna wring the towel dry of every little bit that's in there, and you're gonna cut to the TV execs laughing that all right, we got Florida State and Clemson and Miami, and we're all set now, and everybody else can figure it out. I'll tell you what: if we ever see the SEC and Big Ten's TV agreements line up to also expire in 2036 then you know it's on. That's it. Because that's when the ACC grant of rights expires is 2036. And if we get alignment on when these grant of rights are going to expire, I think, or the TV deals and then the ACC's grant of rights, which is also their TV deal, whatever, that's game, right? That would be the point where we would see making the big move. So maybe we have a good 13 years left of something that somewhat resembles the college football that we all know and love. But it's just scary with that looming in the future, right? It makes it a lot harder to enjoy this moment. And look, guys, like I know this has been a lot of doom and gloom so far this episode, and that's a big way of how I feel. I've seen a lot of the Twitter chatter, especially from gambling people, that's just like, is there a point spread? Shut up and enjoy it. Look, I'm going to watch the games. I love the games. That's why I that's why I got into this. That's why I want to do this. I didn't start this podcast to talk about media rights and realignment. I want to talk about the games. No. And no, uh, of of course I'm going to watch them, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that's it's going to be in the back of my head a little bit going forward. I think like I'm annoyed about I I hinted at it earlier, but like I'm pissed. I was just getting so excited for this season. And I feel like you're not going to be able to watch a game this season without hearing one team or the other, their future plans, what might happen in realignment, what, whether they got left behind or they're you grasping for life or they made a great move. You're not, I don't think there will literally be a game broadcast, particularly with the power five where you don't hear about it. I just want to watch the games, man. And I was getting so excited. And now it's like, Wait, this is the last year for this team and this team. And we did our Big Twelve preview talking about do they would they rather anybody win but Texas and Oklahoma? And now you got feels like half the country who are going to leave there after this year, and it's just like it's too much to keep track of. It's like no, everybody just wants to survive and keep playing college football. So yeah, that's part of it too. Is like the timing of it. I I don't know if past realignment news has come out early August. It doesn't feel like it, but like this close to the season, I'm like, it feels slimy. It feels like they don't care at all. And yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. The one thing, cause I feel like everything else happened early in the off season, every other movement. Um, but the one thing that really just bones me out the most about the super league is to your point, it, it's like a watered down NFL and it takes away the biggest fun part of, Full college football, in my opinion, which is anything can happen on the Saturday. And every Saturday counts. You lose once, you could be completely twice out of the conversation where you have the Super League where it's all the best teams. You're going to have multiple teams with multiple losses. And you're really going to lose out on the, oh, it's the one year that, you know, Iowa State's kind of good and their Texas is coming into town and the stadium just goes nuts for it because it's the big, ramp up for it so those teams like maryland uh the other teams if you do go to that super league it's just really going to demoralize a lot of 
the potential ramp ups for the game day, this, the, that, like the fan experience is just going to plummet if you're not part of those schools. Yes, you get the cool games, but you're not going to have, you're going to lose out on a lot of what makes college football, college football. And can I share the dirty little secret with you about college football, guys? Is that on any given Saturday, like 80% of the games suck. They're blowouts. They're sloppy. They're not that good, right? But you know why it's still awesome? Because there's still a million games, and if 20% of a million games are good, you're going to have something good at every single time slot. And I feel like sometimes people are just not seeing the forest through the trees here, where it's like, yes, you might think if you're ESPN, you have the SEC, they're the biggest brand, that's all that matters, you have all these big names, or if this hypothetical Super League does happen, you got these 30 big brands, but if you have 15 games over the course of a weekend, while you have 30 teams or 16 games with 32 teams, 20 games with 40 teams, whatever it may be, you're still going to have a lot of games that aren't great. We see that in the NFL all the time. There's weekends in the NFL where it's like there was not a single good game, but it never happens in college because there's a million games. So it's like it creates this whole tapestry that works together. And it kind of it's a I'm using a lot of cliches here, but it's kind of like a rising tide lifts all boat situations where, okay, great. The Alabama Mississippi Mississippi State game wasn't great, but you know what was that Florida Tennessee game over on ESPN, and that makes people more interested in the game that follows it on Fox, the 8 p.m. Oklahoma Kansas State game, right? Because like, oh, I'm jacked up from that Florida Tennessee game. Let's go watch Oklahoma Kansas State. I think it just all works together in such a beautiful way to make college football Saturdays so incredible. And I'm just scared that we're going to lose all of that because nobody can see it and they're so focused on their individual bottom lines. Are we really going to lose a lot of late night games too, right? That has to happen at some point because there's just not West Coast teams playing each other. I'm sure there will be late night games. That's a coveted time slot for sure. Everybody needs inventory late at night. And maybe the Mountain West will find a way to pick some of that up themselves and get a little little boon to their, their revenue situation. But I, I think we'll get some of that. But it, it's more just, to me, the fact that, especially if you go to the Super League, you're, you're limiting. It's weird. Like, you are going to limit. Maybe that is the one saving grace is you limit the inventory a lot. Or maybe the networks just view it as, Okay, we're going to have this Super League that we're going to pay a lot of money to, and then we'll have a new version of FCS, which will be the Maryland's, the Purdue's, the, the South Carolina's, the Cal's, Stanford's of the world, where we can get it at a discount. And they know people are still going to watch it, and they're right. I like they're they're people would watch that still. I think. I mean, I think like. Uh, college football fans, at least you're going to lose a lot of the fringe fans, which I think is what you were getting at earlier. But like, yeah, I, I, it's, that's the part that I'm struggling to deal with the most is like they're, they win the people that they're, they win where I'm going to watch it and they're ruining what I love and I'm still going to watch it and pay my cable bill and all of that stuff. And, and I think that's what's tough to grasp. I got one bright side for you guys. One, thing that I see as a positive and I guess depending on your perspective you might view this as a negative but in my my opinion it's a positive 
I think this might be the start of the segmentation of schools where we get closer to the point where we're segmenting out schools uh, by this grouping of, are you a school that makes so much money that you're willing to actually share revenue with your athletes versus schools that are not willing to do that? I think there's going to be a group of schools at some point, and maybe that does come with some sort of super league where the schools are going to say, are going to eventually share revenue with athletes, which I think is well-deserved and something that, in my opinion, should happen. That's the one maybe silver lining that I see here is maybe this is getting us a little bit closer to that point. Do you see that at all, Brian? Yeah, you would hope so. I But like, I, I kind of thought we'd have been there by now. So it's like, it's almost like, what excuse are these rich, rich, rich athletic departments going to come up with now? But I think you're right. I mean, it, it's going to become a lot harder for them to look people in the eye and say, we can't, we can't share revenue. So that, that would be a huge win. And I am sure that would appease some of the athletes who have thoughts about it, right? That's, that that's fair. Um, so I, I do think that's fair. And I do think that would be a silver lining to this. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it's still a little bit tough to stomach as a fan for sure. Let's uh, let's take a look at the non-football side of things because these moves are all being made for football reasons. They're football moves, but they affect a lot more than football. And the sport that we all care most about besides football that's most impacted by this is, is men's basketball. And quite frankly, I feel like men's basketball is one of the biggest losers from all these realignment moves. And I just keep finding myself wondering, these moves are all being made for football reasons. Can't we just take the rest of the sports? The basketballs, softball, baseball, lacrosse, soccers of the world, and just align them regionally? These are football moves. Uh, basketball makes maybe 5 to 10% of these media rights contracts up. I mean, it's nothing, guys. It's nothing when you compare it to football. And yes, it, it's something, it is quantifiable, but it is, it is not significant. Why can't we just do that? Like, if nothing shows how feckless the NCAA is, more than the fact that they just allow this all to happen with absolutely no oversight, no even suggestions, or the ability to say, okay, Let's do this for football. Let's do something else for basketball and all the other sports because it just doesn't make sense for those other sports, guys. Ben, do you see a future where that could be possible, where we actually do realign the other sports into back into regional configurations? I feel like at some point you have to. Otherwise, you're just going to be ludicrous for all these teams that don't have the budget that football does to do all that traveling because you're still gonna have to play conference games and like brian mentioned washington oregon still gonna have to travel to new jersey to play Rutgers. um and i don't know maybe it's more in like terms of what kind of the big east did with their basketball only or notre dame and kind of being partial and like hey we're independent but and everything else besides football we're in the ACC. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird to think of it, but it is, it's on a different level than any other college sport from a money standpoint. So it's going to be 
independent in its own way. And I think that you do have to remove it from everything else, the way things are going, because it's just going to be completely muddled. Because if you're in the Super League thing, all those other schools don't have maybe the basketball programs or the Olympic sports or softball, baseball. Like it's going to get really muddled if you somehow combine all those other sports into one league. Like the way you're going, you're going to have to do. I don't see any other way if it keeps going down this path that you don't completely remove football and make its own entity. Am I wrong here? I don't think you're wrong. I, but while we're talking about basketball, like uh, I gotta be, I gotta be honest here, guys. I'm pretty pumped for Arizona in the Big Twelve. I love Big Twelve basketball, <laughs> and <laughs> like, like I, 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 I'm sorry. That's you know, I, it's gonna be awesome. The best basketball league just got a little bit more fun in that sense. Like, I, I get it. I like it's not good, you know, from a from a super high level. I, like, there are. I, I feel like I'm more excited for potential matchups that are created from this, from that, from like a basketball perspective, but I certainly am not making an argument that it's, it's, it's better. But like when I heard Arizona, the big 12, yeah, I want to see Arizona play Kansas and Baylor every year. Yeah. Right. But you're thinking about Arizona versus Kansas. What you're not thinking about is Iowa state versus Arizona state. Iowa State no, versus Colorado. Like, I mean, nope. does, does anybody want to see that? <laughs> no, I uh, know, I don't think hey, so. The Buffaloes have so. been I think I'm decent at... recently. Don't 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 uh, poo poo on them. Ben loves the Buffs. The, yeah, the big boy. The What's buffs, uh? Big I can't remember the big boy's name that I love so much. Eddie Lampkin. No, is that right? Didn't he transfer there? No, he's a forward on Colorado that he's the best, and I can't think of. I can picture him so well, but I can't for the life of me remember his name because I don't watch too much Colorado basketball, but uh, he was great. Despite your strong affinity for him. Yeah. Eddie Lampkin did a quick Google transfer to Colorado. But he has not played yet, like, for this upcoming season. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now we know. Colorado. There you go. There you go, Ben. You already loved Eddie Lampkin (laughs) at TCU. You already love Colorado. It's a match made in heaven for you. Go Buffs. (laughs) Go Buffs there are attractive things about this, right? But I just... Evan Batty. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Evan Batty. Good guy. Evan Batty. What did you love about him, Ben? He had a really good game in their... Uh, was it the <laughs> NCAA tournament game they he had? Or maybe it was the conference? I don't know. He's, he's a big boy. He's like the big forward that's not super athletic you know the big boy that only happens in college basketball that's no longer a part of the nba because they're not athletic enough is that guy cameron crutwig if you will yeah exactly this guy was 6'8 262 is what he's listed at so he's a big boy oh it's big big guy it's a load so brian here's the thing that gets me a little bit about the bat on the basketball end and the non-rev end. You have all these schools that are just going begging for congressional intervention right now when it comes to NIL. How about some congressional intervention to say to require schools that have to travel X amount of miles for a game to charter a flight? Because I think that would be way more reasonable than any cap on NIL that these schools want to put in. How about the NCAA steps in and says something like that? I think that's incredibly reasonable. Like, if you want to make these moves, 
you have to accommodate the athletes. I don't care how much it costs because the whole reason you're making these moves is for revenue, right? So why don't you use that revenue rather than giving a coaching staff an extra couple million dollars, rather than building more facilities? Why don't you actually do something to help the athlete that is now going to have to go from College Park to Seattle for a Wednesday night basketball game, for a Tuesday night volleyball? I don't know if Washington even has volleyball, but let's say they do, right? For a weekend baseball series, accommodate those athletes. I think that's that's where I come down and why I find the whole thing so hypocritical. I think that's fair. And I think that those athletes would much rather have a chartered flight than a slide in the football facility <laughs> or something similar. So, yeah, I, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense and it it sort of underscores the like lack of control across the board here that like those aren't conversations that are happening in tandem with the ones that are happening it's just this school is going to make us this much money worry about the rest later and and i think that's sort of the kind of the nuts and bolts of the problem here speaking of slides brian why don't we end the show with something fun and Go to the the Tailgate Till May fun house that we have here, which is our trivia segment. It's been a downer of an episode. We've been sad. We've been angry. Brian's been trying to, you know, shine some light on things, get everybody <laughs> excited. He's doing his best, but you know, my my dark shadow is is casting a shadow over over all of this. Yeah. So let's go to the Tailgate Till May fun house, the trivia trivia segment, and. Look, everybody, I mean, we've been lamenting these realignment moves, but conference changes, realignment has been a part of college sports for as long as anybody can remember. So we figured, why not do some realignment trivia to end things on a light note tonight? I got the official standings this time since I messed them up last week. We have been three-time trivia champion. I have one, and Brian now also has one. Getting on the board last week, so... Things are tightening up here, boys. We can pull within one of Ben with a win today, Brian. So you are the host. I'm going to hand it over to you. Me versus Ben in the first round. I'm going to try to knock him out and uh, assure we tighten things up. All right. Welcome back, guys. Listen, I won, and I'm I'm changing things up. I'm messing around real quick. So uh, winners This is actually a lack of, pre- <laughs> lack of preparation on my part, but here's what we're doing. We're going to keep it moving. This round, boys – is one question winner take all again lack of prep on my part but here we go because you got to get it so given that it's only one question this will be a blurt the answer type of thing when you blurt an answer you cannot try again until the other person has tried i have the question if neither of you get it by blurting it out i'll start to give some clues and we'll try to get a little bit closer but i'm hopeful that somebody gets it again interrupt me whenever In 1996, boys, interrupt me whenever, this school left the Southwest Conference for the Big 12. In recounting that move this week, college football personality Spencer Hall tweeted, while we're visiting historical finesses in this whole realignment thing, this school sneaking into the Big 12 in a baggage compartment on the flight out of the SWC still looks pretty good. Baylor is correct. Steven wins the round. Isn't there a story where basically the pres- there was some 
influential Baylor alumni in the Texas state legislature, and that's how they got in, ended up getting into the Big 12 instead of some of the schools that got left out. That's right. Yeah, they had some pull and they made it happen and it saved their athletic department to this day. So they're very proud of their performance and getting into the Big 12. They are proud Big 12 members and nobody's trying to pluck them away. So they will be there as long as the Big 12 will have them. Survive in advance, baby. So you know what that means, Ben, is somebody will pull within one win of you tonight. I'm officially over to you. putting an asterisk next to this one because this format was unsanctioned. And uh, yeah, Sorry, dude. I think all of your asterisk. formats Sorry. have been unsanctioned. So. It's true, but yeah. at least there's multiple questions. One question is just... Whew, That's true. Crazy. Okay. All right. Uh, my questions are back to the original format. Uh, no, I thought I'd go back sure. to the basics. So yep. as Steven, no, Brian is the defending champion. So we go champions first. <clears throat> this school attempted to join okay. the Big East in 1982, but it was rejected as it only got five of the eight votes, whereas it needed six votes to get into the conference. What school am I referring to? That's it. Tried to join it in 1982. Tried to join in 1982. They said you will rue the day that you don't join. It was a thing. They didn't get in because the conference did not want them. The biggie said, no, thank you. We will have none of you. Okay. Uh, I have no earthly idea. So in the interest of decent podcasting, uh, you know, by the way, last time I had no earthly idea, I pulled South Carolina out of nowhere and, <laughs> and walked off. Um, so, uh, Michigan. Incorrect. Steven, over to you. Penn State. You are correct. It was Penn State. <clears throat> All right. Did you know that? Chance to win it here. You were very confident. Did. did you know that? He, <laughs> he was very confident. I didn't know if he just pulled out a guess. He's very confident in his guess or if he actually knew the answer. Yeah. They were Seems vetoed like by Georgetown, St. John's, <laughs> and Villanova. So it's kind of funny. Uh, then they joined the Big Ten a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so Stephen, you can get a win. Did they say? Uh, did they say we are better than you, and you can't join us? <laughs> I hope so. All right. Sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. All right, uh, Stephen. <clears throat> we're sticking with the Big East. You know, you did a theme last week of mostly ACC Maryland kind of digs. So, what year was the first football season of the Big East? I have to get the exact year. Yeah, it's only one year. It only starts once. Isn't this like the numbers round? No, it's the answer. It's a year. It's not a number. You think about it while I clarify the rules here. If Steven gets it wrong, yeah. and then I get a crack and I get it wrong, does Steven just win? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> 1995. Incorrect. Brian, over to you. 1993. Incorrect. It was 1991 is the answer we were looking for. So, And this is not like who gets closest if type want, uh, keep it rolling. I have a third question. No, I no. I mean, let's go, to a, let's go to a tiebreaker here because Ben, once again, has completely <laughs> gone off the rails I mean, right, on just... the hosting duties. <laughs> All right, so it's worse because it's about to go even more off the rails because this is not a traditional Perfect. numbers. All right, so before the Pac-12, Perfect. it was Perfect. the Pacific Coastal so this Conference. Is a, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So this is just going to be a buzz-in. 
Uh, sort of. You'll see what I'm getting at. It's not normal. <laughs> you. Okay. All right. So we don't know when to answer. Yeah, yeah, no, we you will. won't answer. I'll explain. So I'm it's not setting a question up that we the answer. question okay. first. <laughs> All right. So it's a Pacific Coast Conference. Uh, they disbanded in the late 50s due to some, you know, uh, disagreement between the members. But five of those teams, Classic. Cal, Stanford, UCLA, and USC, almost formed another conference, which people were... That was four teams. Cal, Stanford, UCLA, and USC. Yeah, I missed one. Whoops. Uh, I don't remember what the other fifth one was. <laughs> I forgot to write down. All right. So it's funny because okay, yeah. the tractors of this league were calling it the airplane conference because they had to travel to different, basically, coastlines. Uh, so the buzz-in will be there was five other teams that they were trying to join. Whoever can buzz in and tell me one of those five teams wins everything. And then you keep going until one of you finally gets one. But you have to alternate. Okay. Buzz. Yeah, buzz. All right. You're buzzed. <laughs> Name a team. Uh, what were the four teams you uh, said? <laughs> so Cal, Stanford, UCLA, USC, and let me pull up the other one. I have it over here. Uh, uh, Washington. Washington was the other one. Oh, that was going to be no, my no. Guess. All right, but here's the clue: it's the airplane conference. So the other five teams. Where do they have were to go? The other five were on the other coast. They're not close regionally. Got it. Got They're it, a mix it. of okay. midland and coast. Uh, Ohio State. Incorrect. It's a wild mix of teams. Cincinnati. Incorrect. Now it goes back to Brian. Uh, Florida. Incorrect. Florida State. Incorrect. These are big names, by the way, except um, for one. I think Florida, Florida State, No, no, they are. State I'm just adding yeah, names. Like, for your future guesses, they're not obscure. <laughs> not big they're enough. Not obscure. They're not obscure. Uh, Texas. Incorrect. Boston College. Incorrect. Texas A&M. All right. I will say this. Uh, Syracuse. Yeah, you got the obscure one. Good job, Steven. You win. Congrats. They were, they were Army, surviving. Navy, <laughs> no, Sometimes I don't even feel like. They're good. Army, Navy, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Syracuse were the correct answer. Penn State was going to be my next guess after Syracuse. Can you imagine if that was actually a conference? That would be a wild conference. Yeah, it's wild. I was trying to think of independence. Great question, Ben. I was trying to think of independence. uh, (laughs) That's how I got to Syracuse. But, yeah, sometimes when I – this is only my second time winning, but I sometimes don't even feel like I've actually won. I just feel, like, defeated at the end of it. (laughs) Hey, we got to the hey, point, and you, you are winning. What? Maybe we just don't so, do trivia anymore. How do, how do, how do you think I feel? <laughs> I I feel defeated, and I lost. So it's it's a lose lose. Well, guys, it's good to end the show on a laugh. This was a a little bit of a downer episode. I know we all had a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions about the crumbling of the Pac-12. But good to end with a few laughs here. Everybody out there, I promise we will be getting back to football shortly. Next up, we have our Big Ten preview. So we'll continue with our conference previews. And then, guys, 
season's right around the corner. We're going to be previewing games. We're going to be picking games, reacting to games. It's going to be great. It's going to be a hell of a lot better than me sitting on YouTube and watching Board of Regents and Board of Trustees and interviews with presidents <laughs> and ADs and hearing no, Drew Weatherford you. talk about FSU's future. So I'm excited for all that lies ahead that is not conference realignment. It's actually toe meets leather, getting on the gridiron, strapping on the pads, boys. So... That's our show for today. Until next time, keep the girl hot and the cooler cold. <laughs>